This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell of the Foam Shadow. In this episode, Emilio and I are going to look back at a come-from-behind 3-2 victory on Friday night for Foam against Nottingham Forest. There's a lot to talk about in regards to that, Emilio, and I look forward to going through this with you. And there's other news that maybe if we have some time, we'll be talking about as well. A couple things before we get going. I also want to mention, as always, Please do subscribe on YouTube. It's a great way to get alerts when we're going live, like we're going live right now. Do you want to be when we are live? Here's the, the right way to do it. Subscribe on YouTube. Also, and this is Amelia's first show since the deal, we are now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on this. You and I were working on this, and I think this is going to be something that's very beneficial for the podcast and all of our listeners. Let's talk a little bit about our dealings with uh, becoming part of the uh, TalkSport Fan Network and what it might mean for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Ross. Hi, good to be back. And certainly good to be back after sort of a slightly uncomfortable couple of weeks after passing our majesty. We will talk about that afterwards, but certainly yep. the uh, yep. association with TalkSport, yeah, a great deal. You know, you and I had a number of conversations in the lead up to basically signing up to to this network and what it does it opens up a vast opportunity for all our listeners globally and for us to connect with all the other other fans around the around the country around the world you know there's a vast number of millions of supporters following their clubs all around the world in the UK in America and other countries and this is a platform for all of us to connect we all have one common interest here supporting our beloved clubs and uh I see this as all as a way of just connecting with all those fantastic supporters who all have different opinions, different views. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, if it means that it, it brokers a sort of a wider network and we diversify into and connect with other fans globally who have different same interests with different clubs. And I sure it's a, a win-win all round, you know, a bit like a political party. Some people have their pros and some people have got their cons and 
none of us are right. We have our views about Fulham Football Club. Sometimes I agree with you. Sometimes I disagree with you. And this is this is no different. It's just uh, right. All our fans around the world who've been avid listeners of Cottage Talk and and watching our ourselves for the, for many years, you know, see this as a positive. It's not going to change our content. It just means nope. it keeps us more on our on our toes in a in a in an interesting way. We've got to keep our content up to the right level, and we will engage with other fans around the country and and our Premier League colleagues and other networks who do a lot of great work on their podcast. So yeah, hopefully everyone watching this show tonight will support what we've done here. And like you said, it's, it's a testament to yourself for us for many years of keeping the show together. We've worked tirelessly for many years as well now. It's about eight, nine years. My first yes, met you in New York. Long. You remember that? It was eight years ago. Yes. Face to face New York. That was eight years ago almost. So it's uh, lots evolved there. Look where we are now. So yeah, well, great work as always from yourself for us. And I'm sure everyone who watches the show will applaud you for all the hard work we, you've done here. Well, thank you, Emilio. And you've been a big part of the success of Cottage Talk. And the fact that we're now part of this network just takes us, I think, to the next level. And like you said, it's going to open us up to other supporters of other clubs. They're going to be introduced to us. And our supporters will be introduced to other podcasts. So this is a win-win, and I think it's going to be great. And uh, I look forward to when this gets bigger and bigger. And there'll be a big push from TalkSport after the World Cup. But we are in the beginning stages of this partnership and uh, we'll see where it takes us. But uh, I just want to mention one more time that we're now part of the TalkSport fan network. Okay, Emilio, as you had mentioned, it's been a somber time for you and many supporters and just people mm -hmm. around the world. So I want to get your thoughts. Please feel free to share your thoughts of uh, mourning the loss of Queen mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Uh, this actually hit me hard and mm -hmm. uh, I'm American, but it still affected me. I can't imagine how it's affected everyone in England and, of course, around the world. So uh, feel free to share your thoughts about the loss of Queen Elizabeth. No, absolutely. And thanks for, obviously, death and loss of our close friends and family, sometimes more important than work and sport. Sometimes, sometimes we complain about our work-life balance. We complain about your football and decisions not going away. But at the end of the day, we've had our beloved Majesty, the Queen, who passed away a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it has hit me and my family very, very hard, to be honest. I'm, I'm grateful that you didn't do the show um, during the time when everyone was mourning and grieving for a loss. But, you know, you know, she was, a you know, 70 plus years serving our country, serving the Commonwealth. She was everyone's, everyone's using quotes I've read from a lot of pundit, you know, people out there saying that she was everyone's best friend. And, you know, I concur to that. You know, I've, I've met her a few times, you know, not personally, but I've seen her in, you know, in, in events I've attended. She's been in fairly close proximity to, uh, to where I am. My son-in-law works in the British military and he's met the Queen on many, many, he worked for her regiment, you know, for, for many years. So he, he was devastated with her morning, but, you know, and I'm very grateful for what she did, and I'm very proud of what she did for this country and for the Commonwealth and for the world. And, you know, she will be missed. But in King Charles, we've got a, a suitable successor there who will take the uh, the monarchy to to a continuation, a next level, to, to be honest. I think we need a bit of continuity. And it's just lovely to see the whole world and country in particular just coming together the last 10 days, mourning, grieving her loss, and in a way, celebration of her lifetime. You know, 96 years old, she's had a good innings. And... You know, you know, you know, I've shed a tear or two the last couple of weeks, to be honest with you, as, as my family. But, you know, it just puts everything in perspective. Football comes second. Family and death comes first and health comes first. So just want to say thank you very much, Queen Elizabeth, for everything you've done for the world. And King Charles, I wish you all the best in, in succeeding 
the Queen Elizabeth, you've got big boots to fill, but he's had plenty of time to prepare for this. So um, I have total faith in him. And now we can move on. The last 10 days we've grieved, we've suffered, we've mourned. Football can now continue and life can carries on back as normal now. Wonderfully said, Emilio. I, I wanted to give you a chance to really just express yourself. And uh, you and I talked about it, and, I, and I, I thought it was the right thing to do not to do a show during this period as people were mourning the death of someone that meant so much. And as you said, it, it brought everyone together. Everyone was shedding a tear, but it brought us all together. And I thought it meant sense to just grieve in your own way and do it in your mm -hmm what worked best for you but what worked best i think was to wait and mourn as a world and now we move on and now we talk about football now we can talk about it but uh up to that point I, I didn't feel right and i i think we did the right thing here because i wanted to do it and basically give the respect to queen elizabeth in my own way this is my way of doing it so that's why i decided not to do a show until now but now we're going to do a show my friend and we're going to celebrate. Like you said, it's a celebration. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's celebrate the life of Queen Elizabeth as we do Cottage Talk. Because, mm -hmm. again, so many people are affected by Queen Elizabeth. A lot of us are Fulham supporters. So let's now move on and talk about the club that we love, my friend. So let's get your opening thoughts, my friend, of this mm -hmm. come from behind 3-2 to two mm -hmm. victory for Fulham Friday night. I'll just share a couple words myself. As I watched this on Peacock, I was nervous. I, I, I was nervous because I could see the importance that Nottingham Forest were putting on this, Emilio. Mm -hmm. And I thought as long as we played our game, we would get our opportunities. And that's kind of how the match broke out was Fulham waited their opportunity, they got them, and then they pounced. And that's what was impressive. Mm -hmm. Playing from behind, I questioned that last season, Emilio. Yeah. Good Fulham play from behind. Well, now they've done it, and they've done it in really wonderful fashion on the road at the city ground, which is not an easy place to go. And they got all three points. And I'm here to say, and I, I know I've heard some excuses from Nottingham Forest supporters. I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and blaming Cooper, blaming the way that they approached it. But Fulham deserved to win that match, Emilio. Those are my opening thoughts. Give me yours. No, absolutely. It was good, you know, good to get the football back on the road. You know, I was all for the previous games the weekend before last to be cancelled because of in commemoration of the Queen and for her passing. So Premier League and, you know, people may disagree with me, but I thought the right decision was made to cancel those first set of fixtures. And, you know, to be honest, I think everyone's come back a bit refreshed. Um, and, you know, Fulham had a point to prove. This was a game... We mustn't lose. These are, we keep saying time and time again, we're in the Premier League. You've got to get points against the teams around you. And we're starting to see that trend this season. You know, we've beat the likes of Brentford. Brighton are clearly top four at the moment, but they'll they'll start falling away, in my opinion. They'll probably finish top seven, top eight. But we're beating teams at home and we're starting to pick up points away on the road as well. Nottingham Forest, like you said, it's not an easy place to go. They've spent over £100 million on a completely 25, what is it, 25 new players. They've got the problem we had trying to how does how does a manager deal with 25 new players who barely get time to play with each other, trying to still find his winning formula. And I thought I thought it was a good opportunity for Fulham to play them because we've we've come back refreshed after the Tottenham defeat a couple of weeks ago. And you know, in my opinion, I thought we we did the scoreline flattered Forest. You know, on another day, we should have won by two or three goal margin. I thought first half, Forest 
didn't deserve to take the lead, but we, we, were, we were dominating that first half. You know, I think we had a lot of possession, knocking on the door, but not quite finding that, that you know, final ball to, to convert in the back of the net. But we were on top going into half time. Let's be honest. I think Forest were hanging in there and all the Forest fans who I'm friends with and went to the game all saying they'd undeservedly went 1-0 up at half time. But again, we came out second half and absolutely annihilated them. Let's be, let's be honest. Forest were lucky to come away with just a 3-2 defeat. And that's, you know me, I'm always, I'm, people think I'm negative. I'm actually a positive person here overall, realistic positive person, but disappointed that we didn't win by a bigger margin there again. And this is where I take the positive from a winning a winning performance against Forest. Why, we should have won probably 4-2, if not more, to be honest. Disappointed we conceded our second goal. But overall, we battered them second half in that period. In, and, you know, Forest were lucky to come away with just a one-goal deficit in the game. So, great victory. We play, we're now able to beat teams around us. And that's important at the Premier League. You've got to start picking up points against the bottom half teams. We've got a victory away from home. So that will settle the nerves as well. As, you know, we've got to balance winning your home games and picking up points on the road. We've done that early in the season. How often do we come away from a behind and win games? In, in the past, in the Premier League, let alone in the Championship last season. So it's not often. Mike Gregg's not here, but we'll, let's ask him. How many times have <laughs> been behind in the Premier League in in 15 seasons, not very often. So, no. again, another positive. You know, we we weren't phased by going a goal down. Similar with Tottenham and Arsenal. Look, you know, the Tottenham, you know, Tottenham game, we could have come away with a 2-2 draw there on another day, undeservedly. But we still get, don't give up, whether you're a goal behind or two goals behind. So, that's that winning formula and mentality Marco Silva's brought to this team. So, Forest fans, you know, say what you want, but you're lucky you came away with just a 3-2 defeat on that day. Okay, and... I tend to agree with you. I thought Fulham were by far the better side, especially in the first half, and we'll break this down. Another point before we really get into this, Emilio, I wanted to focus on Fulham come from behind. The other point I wanted to really talk about, talking point is this. Seeing the match out, Emilio. Now, this is huge, okay? Yeah. It's 3-2. to two. It's going to be a nervy finish. I believe they scored around the 72nd, 73rd minute, if I remember correctly. So you still had a good amount of time to see this match out, especially in the latter stages. The way that they controlled the play at the very end of the match, I'm, I'm thinking of players like Tom Kearney just taking full control here and not mm. really giving Nottingham Forest a real chance to get that equalizer. Let's talk about this because, again, this isn't the first time I've seen this. Now I've now seen yeah. it a couple of times. Yeah. This is a very encouraging sign, seeing the match out. Yeah, absolutely. And the other match that springs from was a Brighton game. And again, dominating yeah. 2-0. They got a, a penalty, which we saw in replay was a justified penalty. But we hung on at times in that second half against Brighton. And But again, Tom Kearney came on, a bit of composure, keeping ball, not giving the ball away cheaply. And then we did the same against Forrest. You know, we I, I didn't feel worried. I didn't actually, I wasn't able to watch the game. I didn't go to Forrest that game. But from what I could hear on the radio and listen to the commentary on the radio, I thought we were in control the last 10 minutes or so. I thought we closed the game out comfortably. We had an element of control. I don't know where the six, seven minutes of added time came in, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, I thought that I don't was, know where it came from either. I don't know where that came from. But overall, we looked controlled. We didn't try to create anything, you know, from you know, trying to sort of trying to get a third goal. Close the game, close the game out, get the three points on the board, and don't do, take any rash decisions. And we did that against Brighton. You know, the, the Graham Potter was complaining that we tried to be antisocial, keeping the ball in the corner line, but that's what you do when you need to pick up three points. You know, you're not you're not time you're not time wasting per se. All you're doing is you're keeping possession. There's a difference between time wasting. Absolutely, Emilio. Theatrics, diving, 
feigning injury. It was none of that. It was just keeping the ball, trying to lose a few seconds here and there, a few few corners, a few throw-ins. That all that all draws down from the clock. So um, overall, that's another um, that's another piece of uh, Marco Silva's you know equation. Last year he might have gone out and tried to win four two or five two. Actually now three points are more important than than trying to score a fourth goal. And he, you know three points in the Premier League is massive. So. Uh, Fair play to adjusting his tactics and being a little bit antisocial, albeit we didn't do nothing, nothing untoward. There was no, there was no cheating. There was no feigning no. injury. It was just purely playing possession football. Do what Italian teams do very well, and no reason why Fulham can't do that. So yeah, two or three games now: Brentford, Brighton, and this game where we've tried to, we've tried to close the game. Very out. encouraging absolutely. being able to do this. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Very encouraging, Emilio. I'm going to share this comment from. Uh, our friend Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter. Full credit to Marco Silva and the players for collecting mm -hmm. as many points and playing well so far and coming back from behind in games. Not something that they would have happened under Scotty P. And <laughs> not that we're going to be slamming Parker here, but yeah. it's actually a valid point, Emilio. How often did they come from behind with Scott Parker? They now have this ability to do this. You can build on this. But it's also, like I said, I think it's a philosophy. And I'm going to go through a comparison a little bit later and see if you agree with me. But it's a mentality that they now mm -hmm. have under Silva that is important to have. It's a discipline. Being able yeah. to see these matches out and being able to take advantage of your opponent when you have the opportunity. They were ruthless. And we'll talk about this. When you score that first goal, you come back with two more goals. That's being yeah. ruthless. That's yeah. basically keeping the foot on, on the gas and really just going at them. They continue to do that, even though they didn't get the fourth. Mm. So it's a mentality. And then when you can switch the mentality, Emilio, and see the match out, this has a lot to do with Silva, Boa, the coach and stuff, but the players, you have to look at the players because they're seeing this strategy out. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's less of a Scotty Parker philosophy. I think it's a Fulham tradition. When How often the Fulham, <laughs> Steve Reynolds, you're watching here, how often do Fulham come from behind in any match to win, whether in the Championship or Premier League? I don't remember many Premier League games in those 15 seasons, including this one, you know, the previous ones, where we've we've often come from behind. So again, even the big teams struggle to come from behind. So the fact that we've got the confidence, the arrogance to some extent, and belief that you can go out at half-time, regroup, come out a different team second half and actually just kill, literally kill the game off in six minutes, which is what we did. So it's, it's, it's that, again, it goes back with confidence and we've got the players that can play an offensive brand of football. So it's slightly different to, uh, to uh, Roy Hodgson where, you know, obviously it was all about keeping it tight, protecting your, your, your draw or certainly not, not going behind. That was obviously Hodgson's philosophy is slightly different, but again, it brought right. confidence. We were, we were difficult to beat at home, and we're starting to see that so far in the Premier League this season. Right. And you know, long may this continue. But it's you know, seven games in, we've all got more points than we expected on the board, and you know, we're we're, we're eleven points closer to safety. The way I look at it, there's other teams struggling to adjust, but you know, right. that, that's to our advantage. You know, we, right. can, we can we we can challenge these other teams and and grab as many points and victories as we possibly can because this is a brutal division, as we know, and. There's a lot to look forward to once we get unforgiving back. division, yeah. very unforgiving. Once we get Wilson back, more quality, more depth to come off, you know, to come back from injury. Salomon in the new year. So look, Dave, yeah, Dave Conner brings yeah. this up, Emilio. Yeah, great Imagine point. what happens when the injured players come back, yeah. and that's exactly. a wonderful point. And yeah. I want to touch on this because you kind of mentioned Roy Hodgson, and I uh, talked to our friend Steve Reynolds about a little bit about this. 
says, we have got a team that fights for each other, signs of Hudson. Now, I think what Steve is talking about, not style of play, mm-hmm. mentality yeah. and discipline. Yeah. So I, I want to get your thoughts on this because I tend to agree with Steve that there is this quality that Hudson teams have that I think Silva's teams have as well. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think the thing that springs to mind every game I've seen a season is we're difficult to beat. You know, we're not getting hammered. We're not losing three or four nil. There probably will be some games where we're going to be outfought and just be outplayed and we're going to lose comfortably. But seven games in, Liverpool, as I said before, you know, disappointed we didn't get three points there. Wolves, in hindsight, should have won the game. You know, Tottenham didn't play well for 70-odd minutes, but nearly came away with a two-all draw. And Arsenal, disappointed to concede late. So, look, we haven't been battered in any game. Other than probably the Tottenham game was probably the, mo- the most one-sided 50 or 60 minutes that we've had right. in the Premier League. Other than that, you know, we've been in all the games, competed well, not being battered. That That's where the Roy Hodgson mentality comes in. I think, how I many games did we lose comfortably under Roy? Very few. We're right. in most games, difficult to beat, especially at home. And if we can get that winning formula at home back again, then absolutely, Steve, I agree with you. You know, it's, we're, we're not easy to break down. That's the key thing. And we're organised and offer a lot of attacking opportunity and threat. And that's where teams are struggling to adapt. Look at, you know, the beginning of the season, Van Dijk and Mitrovic, you know. Right. Some of these players have got a lot to, to you know, they're underestimating the quality of Fulham. And now some of these teams are now starting to sort of say, Fulham, you know what, these guys aren't any pushovers now. So giving us, giving our opposition something, some food for thought. Oh, very good there, Emilio. I'm going to share this comment from Dave Cronin because I think it's a valid one. Listen, we have given up a decent amount of goals here. Yeah, so, we have. If I had to be slightly critical, we're still a little sloppy, especially in yeah. defense. Dave, you're right about this yeah. because it's something to really keep an eye on because if you keep giving up two goals, and listen, I want to give the Fulmish guys a little credit. They talked a little bit about this. It's eventually going to come back to bite you in a league that is so ruthless. So this is something I'm glad mm-hmm. that they brought this up, Emilio. They're yeah. going to have to tighten up. Yeah, we have to. How many, we've had one clean sheet in seven, and we've always known under Silva – I remember the beginning of last season. We know what it, you know. He will he will always look to score more goals than he concedes because we know <laughs> under Silver we're going to concede goals. That that's just the way he plays with an you know attacking and high press type of football. I've seen him being a little bit more conservative in some games. Like we said, we've closed some of these games out and picked up the three points. That's another side of Silver that I've not seen in under his previous regime when he was managing Everton and Watford. But yeah, we are still conceding goals and we know that. And you know. Tim Reams had an outstanding season at the age of 34, played out of position on Friday, didn't, you know, let's be honest, didn't do very much wrong. But we've still we've got started, we've got some depth there in the squad now. You know, you know, we've got we're gonna still probably see Diop playing a few more games in due course. I think he's gonna be he's gonna figure at some point. And he did have a pretty good game on on Friday night. You know, we've got other players on the bench who can come in and cover. So yeah, there was a sloppy goal. The second goal was a bit sloppy that we conceded last week. But you know, the key thing is we've got goals in the tank. Under Parker, you go a goal behind. Where's that goal? Where's that equaliser going to come from? Whereas here now, I'm not, dis- I'm not, not on. Un- what's the word? Disappointed if we go a goal behind. So I think we've got enough quality and opportunity to create chances and score goals, unlike his predecessors. So, but you're right, Dave. You know our, our defence is still a little bit weak. We're conceding more goals on average. We're conceding what a couple of goals a game in recent times. So we've got to change that. Otherwise. We don't get that. We don't score goals, and clearly we're going to lose by a big margin. So yes, yeah, a fair point. Okay, Emilio, very good point by you. Let's move on and uh, let's get to 
a real interesting topic here because I got to tell you, I looked at this and I was a little bit dumbfounded by the starting 11. I could not figure it out. What was going through your mind initially an hour before the match when you saw the starting 11 saw no Anthony Robinson. Now we thought he might be a doubt, but trying to figure out what was the formation, how this is all going to play out. Were you concerned or did you think that this could potentially work? Um, yeah, slightly res reservations there. And it goes back about injuries, you know, you know, Robinson injured his successor also injured as well. And we saw, um, what's his name now? The guy, oh, the other fullback on the right back, you know, he came on against Tottenham, played out of position, left back and was totally exposed. And Babu. Yeah, Babu, that's it. Sorry. I had a mental block there. So <laughs> look, you know, seeing, you know, seeing him at the Tottenham stadium a couple of weeks ago, he was awful when he came on. I gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was in the playing in the wrong position. And clearly the manager didn't want to have a repeat of that. So the fact that he had more faith in putting a central defender at the age of 34, you know, you know, keeping the Forest back, because Forest play with a high press and they play a 3-5-2 as well. So the fact that you had the confidence to put a 34-year-old aged defender who's had an outstanding season to combat that press from Forest, that, that says a lot of how much trust has been imposed on Tim Rim. So I was a little bit nervous, but yes. I'm not sure what other options there were there, to be totally honest with you. In hindsight, who else could have put on? There was no... Bobby Decker, Dover Reed, maybe could have played a left yeah, he's back. More, if yeah, he's to. more right back key type of. He plays more right back because of, and he's covered in Premier League a couple of years ago. So fair play to to uh, to Silver again. If it went wrong and horribly wrong, then <laughs> you know he would have been lambasted by the supporters. So fair play to him for having the courage to make that bold decision and bringing in Diop, who's had what what one yes. start against Crawley and had a shock of that game, but. You know, I'm and getting I thought he played very well, by the way. He played well. You know, 15 million. I think, you know, we're going to get good value from him. And he's young. He's energetic. He will make mistakes. But, you know, Tosin's learning and he's still, make, he's still making mistakes. Let's be honest. Tosin's. Well, Tosin made a mistake goal, in this match. match and we'll talk yeah. about that. You know, so Diop will add some strength and, you know, you, you know, pace in that central defence. But, what, you know, we can't fault Tim Rim. Look, he's done nothing wrong this season. You know, he's been outstanding. And, and it goes against what everyone else thought, that Tim Ream was not good enough for the Premier League. So seven games in, he's probably one of our best players so far this season. What's crazy about this, Emilio, <laughs> and we're going to break down this match in just a second. When you look at him at left back and you look at the pace going up against him, it's funny because I was listening to a, a Forest podcast and they were talking about why they did not take advantage of Tim Ream even more. They really didn't. But I think that's a testament to how Fulham yeah. played. I, I don't think – I think they really did a, a number mm. to basically – I wouldn't say cover for Tim Ream, but limit the opportunities to attack Tim Ream. So I don't – I just don't think that Forrest had those opportunities in them, and I think a lot had to do with how Fulham played. Mm. And they protected him, but listen, give Tim Ream a hell of a lot of credit here. With someone that old – I'm, you know, again, listen, I'm, I'm old. You, you know what I mean? In, in football age, to be 34 yeah. years old yeah. playing a left back against a, a speedy <laughs> player and be able to withstand that is uh, pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. And, and uh, you know, I was one that said I, I didn't want him to be a starting in the um, Premier League. Yeah. And he's proven me wrong. Keep proving me wrong. Anthony yeah. Robinson, even though he was mm. injured, couldn't play, keep proving me wrong. I, I love to be proven wrong. What's Francis' mind? It was when Dan Burnley well, 
or well, played at left back or played a full back all those years ago. That just that's what sprang to mind yeah. at the time. But uh, well, well, you and I are going to talk about a player who uh, scored a goal that I might not be one of your favorites. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but uh, you know, again, these players are just doing a job. They're doing a yeah. job, and Tim Ream is testament to this. But to be honest with you, when the starting eleven came out, I have my doubts, and uh, I'm glad to be proven wrong. But Silva's done this before. He's put out lineups, and I'm thinking to myself, how is this going to work? And yeah. it ended up working. It and did. also Willian Willi, Willi as well. I'm, I'm Willian played yeah. well too. He played well too. I'm so again, I'm not not his biggest fan. I, you know, but you know, I can only measure him on what I see on the pitch. You know, I thought he, did, right. he had a solid game. Uh, on on Friday night, he you know struggled to impose himself against Tottenham when he came on as a sub a couple of weeks ago. But overall, can't fault him. You know he he's coming for a season. He's experienced. Maybe I like to see some of those sort of selfishness and total lack of team ethics that he had when his previous club. Whether he hopefully doesn't bring that to Fulham Football Club and becomes more of a team player than he right. was at, at Arsenal and Chelsea. But if he brings that experience and becomes a team player, more dynamic, more rounded, and what you see on the pitch is all 11 players playing for each other. That's the key thing here. So, yes, Tim Ream's got his limitations. He's not a left back, but you've got protection there. You've got Palinia, who's, you know, playing out of out of his skin and, you know, probably one of the best players in the Premier League this season for any club, let alone for Fulham. And you brought Diop after a shocker against Crawley, came in and sort of, again, supported Tim Ream. Again, it's what you're seeing is teamwork, team ethics here. And that's why... Right. Willian, yes, had a good game, but I'd like him to continue to play as a, t- as a team player rather than as an individual, which he's notorious for. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, coming up next, Emil and I are going to break down this match and we will finish up at the end of the show with Man of the Match. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Emilio, let's get to it. Let's do our first half analysis. But let's start here because, again, uh, let's give uh, Nadia and Forrest some credit here. They did score. So let's start with talking about the goal from them. And then we'll take it after that because I think that's when we can really talk about how Fulham played after the goal. But let's talk about the goal for Forrest. And actually, this started going up against uh, Tim Ream, and uh, they got a corner and they scored. What were your thoughts about Fulham giving up this goal early in the match? Yeah, disappointing. Uh, obviously, I wasn't watching the game live. I've saw, I was obviously seeing in, you know on Twitter and other platforms some of the highlights during the course of the game. It's a disappointing goal to give away, right? It's you know it's you know I thought it was an even game up until that point, but good cross, good corner, and again we've got to, we've you've got to deal with that better. You know, Forest, you know, are limited in terms of what they are to offer. But it was, I think it was a it's a straightforward header. To be honest, we'll, we'll be very disappointed to have conceded that goal. Thankfully, it came early in the game, so it gave us what eighty plus minutes to still turn that around but it's a it's a poor goal to give away and you know and 
I'm sure Marco Silva gave the team a bit of a back kicking up the backside at halftime off the back of that. It was, you know, it's not good enough, but you know, it's, we weren't, we weren't sharp at the time. And, you know, it was too easy as far as I'm concerned, far too easy. Right. And I agree with that, Emilio. And I'm going to share my thoughts as, as we look at the first half. So they Mm. give up the goal. They weren't sharp to begin, Mm. but then, and this goes back to the mentality you could drop your head at this point. You're on the okay. road. You're playing against an opponent that desperately needs all three points. And they picked it up a gear. They controlled mm-hmm. the rest of the half. Controlled yeah. the rest of the half. And the one player that stood out to me, especially in the first half, with some of his runs, shockingly, was Issa Diop. Now, Issa Diop, I was a little bit nervous mm-hmm. to see him go so far up. But he was making some passes. So was Tim Ream. But they were controlling the play. Were they overly dangerous in the first half no but they were dictating how the match was being played even being down a goal they were probing and they were looking for their opportunities they did not get that equalized in the first half Emilio but they were basically giving warning signs to Nottingham Forest that they were in this match and that there was a good chance they were going to come back in this match by their play in the first half how about your thoughts on that yeah, again, it's. I think we we had a lot of possession in that in in that half. I thought we we definitely finished the, the, the half stronger. I think on the balance of play, I think one one nil lead for Forest flattered them. To be honest with you, yep. and I think it's you know we, hence why I was disappointed we gave up a sloppy goal, and you know we, we'll learn from that for next time. Again, it was just better man marking, and we would have avoided conceding a goal there. But I, there was nothing to suggest from what I was reading. Clearly, I, at the time I wasn't watching a game live, but what I was yep. reading and hearing, you know. We went into half time knowing that the game is far from over, to be honest. We know Forrest gave up their two goal lead against Bournemouth and and fell apart second half. And you know, they've they've done a repeat of that. You know, again, it's okay. they can blame their manager for tactics, not not playing a four four two or more conservative back back four in midfield. It, obviously that you like to play a high press, and that's has this philosophy. Right. And it's a bit like still, if you don't get it right, you're gonna get penalized. And Forrest, you know, they they've got battered by Bournemouth second half, and the same happened to against Fulham in the second half. Again, just disappointed that the scoreline wasn't more less flattering in favour of you know for Fulham and Fazel because we right. deserved to win by a bigger margin. And and another day we would have got a goal in this first half, but there was enough to suggest goals were coming second half. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And it was enough to again based on what I've heard and what I was listening because I wasn't watching a game at the time. Sure. It just felt a lot of the fans who were there or the ones who were listening or watching some sort of stream were clearly saying Fulham are on tops. First half. Yep. A lot to look forward to in the second half. Absolutely, Emilio. Let's talk about the second half. And to be fair to Nottingham Forest, they came out very strong. And um, I don't know what Cooper said to them at halftime, but they were on the front foot. But again, good teams, when they're under pressure, find ways to um, take advantage of, of their opponent. And this is where Fulham did this. So let's talk about the toast and equalizer. Fulham have yeah. been tremendous off of set pieces, Emilio. Yeah. <laughs> now, again, it's funny because I've heard different things about this goal. Did Mitro plan on this? The answer is yes. I, I've heard people say it was accident. I'm like, no, no, no. This was a basketball pick. I'm going to call it what it is. They planned this. They get away with it. You know, and honestly, that allows Tosin just a second to be by himself and headed it into the goal. Am I going to criticize the way Fulham have done it? No, they've actually found a way to be masterful on these 
set pieces, you know, especially corners that you might think, well, is that legal or is that not legal? Well, yeah, it's a goal, my friend. It's a goal. It's yeah. a goal. You, you can, you know, if, if you're a Nottingham Forest supporter, you can look at it and say, well, is there a foul there? They didn't yeah. call it. They didn't call it. They so, didn't call but, it. Yeah. But but if you're asking me, the intent was there to set a pick, a basketball pick is what we would say here. And next thing you know, I mean, I mean, Mitro goes down. I mean, Mitro's a big guy. Mitro goes down. It's like, like you know, again, did he really go down hard? He went. He went down way too easy for me. But it didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. It set up the goal, and yeah. I'll take the goal. And this is about planning. And one thing that I don't think that we can not mention is the delivery from William. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I said, it's a, it's all about tactics, right? At the end of the day, yeah. it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, we, we've talked about closing a game out early, earlier in the show. That's yeah, all about training tactics. ground move, Dave. Yeah. You're right. That's yeah, exactly what tactics. this is. You know, so at the end of the day, it's whilst, whilst if you do something that's legal and above board, then, you know, you, you have a right to do what you want. And, you know, the, the key thing for me is, the amount of goals we're scoring from set pieces this season. Again, it's that's, tremendous. You know, you know, it's very high compared to previous seasons in the Premier League, that's for sure. And um, But overall, great cross from Willian. And, and Tosin, again, doesn't score enough goals, I think, last season, you know, in the season before. Someone of that build, you know, you need to be hitting the back of the net more Absolutely. frequently. So we know he's got aerial threat. Positive side. You know, yeah. but overall, William did you know good pitch of a cross, great header, 1-1. I think it was just before, was it Nico Williams, who we thought, I think I could hear on the radio commentary that maybe once Williams took possession of the ball, but I think yep. there, was a, there was an expectation he was going to shoot the top of the net, you know, like he did for us last season. But he's a, he's had a disappointing start to the season before us. Let's be honest. You know, we, well, we're all talking about the players that we've bought, but we've we saved ourselves £18 million. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring up an interesting statistic with you talking about money when we talk about the second goal. Amelia. So mm. let's transition because... Just a few minutes later, Fulham get the uh, go-ahead mm-hmm. goal from Jao Polina. And uh, I think I heard this on a podcast that Nico Williams, the amount of money that Nottingham Forest paid for Nico Williams is about the same that Fulham played for Jao Polina. So you <laughs> tell me who got the better of the deal here because yeah. this player is unbelievable. But if I have any fault, and again, he was excited – he was he was putting his hand on the badge. He was doing all these great things. He went in the crowd. He got a yellow card. Now he's suspended. But you yeah. know what? Fantastic goal. The whole build-up play, the way Fulham got this goal, it, it really was a team goal. But the delivery, I, the strike from Polina is just mm-hmm. for, uh, just first rate, Emilio. Your your thoughts on the go-ahead goal for Fulham? Yeah, absolutely. I think if we you know, talk about the Nico Williams situation there again, then most. Hardcore fans were all saying 10 million was a, was a generous offer. The fact that right. Forrest paid almost double that. And listen, Nick Wynn is not a bad player, but we've always no. we've always felt his defensive qualities were weaker than Tani Tete, for example. I think we always said head to head, Tete's a better defender, was Williams right. like came forward, which is that suits not in Forrest's style of football. But you know, he's he struggled to adjust to the Premier League playing week in, week out. Forrest are conceding goals for fun at the moment. And uh but Paulinho, goodness me, it's, uh, this guy is, you know, I think he's, he is, like I said earlier, he's one of the best players in the Premier League this season. And that's right. Now. Fantastic. You know, it just reminded me of a bit like a John S- Michel Seri goal against Burnley a few years ago. Again, yeah, similar. You know, thing. We expected a lot 
from Serie all those years ago. Unfortunately, didn't quite live up to expectations. But or maybe that Berbatov goal. Oh, that Berbatov goal as well. Absolutely, good point. And um, Palinho, just in terms of defensive qualities, is attacking threat from set pieces, even from you know from outside the area. You no, know, that's their second goal of the season. Yeah, of course you have a right to celebrate, and you know you were known this day and age. You, you go into you celebrate in that way, you're going to get yellow carded and. Yeah. If it wasn't be this game, it was going to get you the card. He's going to pick one up against right. the next game. So I think we have to get used to a few match bans for Paulinho this season. But if it gives me that return every game he plays, those goals, that defensive quality, and just that captain type material, he just looks like a leader on the pitch, just struts Absolutely. around on the pitch with an air of confidence and arrogance. Blimey, this player is is going to be tapped up by other other teams next season. If we, that's going to be the worry, but but yeah. fair play to Tony Khan and the, the Fulham board for negotiating hard on this signing and the fact they chose Fulham over Wolverhampton Wanderers right. says a lot, says a lot. So well done, Tony Khan and the team here for getting an outstanding player. Does he get enough credit for that, Tony Khan? I know he's not everyone's favourite friend, but let's give him credit where it's due. He negotiated hard and got the player he wanted. And Wolves wanted this player. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. And everything I was hearing about Polina for, I want to say, a few weeks was that Wolves were going to go after him. Mm. And... Uh, they weren't able to sell a player. I understand all that, but Fulham swooped in and they got the player and he has been the difference maker, Emilio. I think mm-hmm. he has taken Fulham to a team that many thought would be in a relegation battle to potentially a team that could be comfortably mid table. I, I, yeah. I, I know I'm jumping ahead, but yeah. I'm just saying he might be the reason for that, that difference mm-hmm. maker, everything that he does. And you yeah. have to, I hate to say it, you're going to have to live with the yellow cards. You're going to have to live yeah. with this. And uh, they'll have to adjust, and we'll see what they do in the next match, who's going to play in a spot. That's going to be a huge topic of discussion. Who takes over for Polina against Newcastle United? I don't know. We, we'll definitely be talking about that. But let's now work off this. Now, Fulham are up 2-1, to one, Emilio. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, can they hold on the rest of the match? Or are they going to try to go for a third? And to their credit, like I said, they were going for a third. And at one point, I thought trying to get a fourth goal. <laughs> so they get the third goal. And I'm not going to lie to you, Emilio. I was thinking of you when this goal scorer scored the goal. He mm-hmm. finally scores for Fulham. But this is not just about Harrison Reed. It's about Bobby Decadovery with cutting the ball back perfectly to him. Mm-hmm. Also, Williams run. Yeah. And again, and Mitro's. Mm-hmm. Pass to begin the entire thing. It was a a very well taken team goal, and Harrison Reed gets his first goal of Fulham, uh, mm-hmm. giving Fulham the lead three to one. What are your thoughts about this goal? And, and listen, kudos to Harrison Reed for scoring this goal. Yeah. And Emilio, I I know you have this thing with Harrison Reed, but you know you got to give credit where credit is due here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know me. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll always give people credit where they do well, whether you like a player or not. But you know, Harrison Reed's not my best friend, shall we say? I'm not his biggest fan, but at the end of the day, he's doing a job. He's doing yes. a job. I don't think he's got. I like to see quality in terms of technical quality. You know, I don't, I don't like people. You know, for me, Harrison Reed doesn't necessarily have technical. It's just quality. not your cup of tea. That's all this is. At the end of the day, you know, I like, I like to see purest type of football and. Harrison Reed doesn't offer that, but he offers other attributes, which is working well in this system. Yeah, he's doing a job at this level, you know. And you know, fair play for Marcus Silva continue to play him. But you know, like as a, as a purist, he doesn't offer much. But I'm pleased he's finally scored his uh, 
he scored his first goal for the club, you know, well-worked goal, good movement for the players, but the intensity at that point, you know, the, the amount of intent, we were running at 200 miles an hour. Forrest just barely, barely kicked off for, for you know, from going 2-1 behind. Next two minutes later, you're, you're 3-1 down. So fair play to Fulham. We just didn't take the foot off the gas. All that high press, all that intensity we're playing. And Harrison Reed was in the right place. I said, great, nice pass from Deckard over Reed. Good movement from the from Mitrovic and William, like you said, to draw away the defenders. And at the end of the day, Harrison Reed can't be scored in the back, you know, the back of the net. So in the day, fair play. And please, he's got he's broken his duck for Fulham. And you yep. know, in the days at the moment, he's doing a good job. You know, he's 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 doing the job he's being asked to do. It's right. not his fault. He hasn't got the technical qualities as I see as a purist, but he's got other attributes and assets that are suiting the way we play and keeping things moving and ticking along in, in that. But you know, in the opposing half of the pitch, so very pleased for him, and hopefully now that'll be more goals for him to come, and you know, hopefully we can continue to utilize his service. He'll probably come back and replace Paulinho in central defence, I'm guessing, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about overall, what might be done. Overall, you know, can't afford it. Three one up, and you know, in control, and you know. Did we take the foot off the gas or could it have been four or five one if we wanted to? So again, well, that's the question I'm going to ask you right now. Let's move on because again, Fulham are up three to one, Emilio. And do Fulham just don't want comfortable victories? Do they just need to make it nervy for everyone? Because again, mm -hmm. a little credit to Steve Cooper and uh, he's been slammed for waiting too long to do his substitutions, but he makes one and, uh, I will say it's a mistake from Tosin that leads to the goal from O'Brien, which makes it three to two, Emilio. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, why, why, why do we have to give up this goal? But they do. So what are your thoughts about the second goal from Forrest and what would be a, a nervy finish? We thought, which actually turned out to be a control finish, but at the time, what were you thinking? Here we go again. It's a Fulham all over, very Fulhamish, basically. The, yep. the three one up, cruising, dominating. You know, Forrest didn't even have a sniff of a chance in that second half, and suddenly we've we've handed them a second goal. And that's there's the only criticism for me is that we conceded two fairly sloppy goals against a very poor team, a team that's still struggling to find their their their, their best eleven, and a team that's struggling to find a, a a way of playing. To be honest, they've got a lot of they've got some individual players, and they've got they haven't got many. I'm not in that team ethics, that team camaraderie that we've got. We've continued, you know, into the Premier League with team ethics, you know, players playing for each other. Forrest, I don't see that. They've got a lot of individual players, a lot yep. of maybe a lot of characters on the pitch. And that's why Steve Cooper's maybe struggling to to get the best out of them. But my view was from what I heard when I was listening to it on the radio yep. at the time was frustration. I think here we go, three one up, cruising, keep cruising. it tight. Don't give anything away sloppy. And I just said we we handed them a second goal. That that was a frustrating. Right. Tosin, you know, needs to do better there. And again, yeah, he's done well when Tim Reeves been alongside. You could argue Tosin for both those goals. You've got to be a little bit, you've got to be doing better, right? Yeah. But you know, he's still young, he's learning. But again, we've conceded two goals, two cheap goals, disappointingly. Against bigger yeah. teams, two goals, maybe three or four goals that you conceded. That's you right. Like that. So yes, we can score goals. But equally, I think as Dave mentioning earlier, we're conceding too many goals. Or some of them too many goals. I I agree it. with Dave. I agree with all the criticism. Way too many goals. Eventually, it's going to come back to bite you, and they need to clean that up. But it's safety first. It's got to be safety first for me. Sometimes when you're three one dominating, sometimes you just do do what's ugly. Don't try yeah. to pass away out of trouble or try to be pretty. Hoof the ball out. Be on. You know, 
un-Fulham-like in that respect. Yep. And, yep. you know, just and I agree with Dave. This is what yeah, he should have yeah. done, but he didn't do it. I, do I it. agree with Dave yeah. on that. Okay, yeah. I I do have to share this, and I disagree with my friend Chris Goodwin. His full and easy games. What would guys talk about? We'd have plenty to talk about. This isn't the New England Patriots, Chris, where everyone criticizes everything that they do. We'd actually be happy if they had an easy game. I'd be thrilled if they had an easy game. So, I couldn't do the show a couple of weeks ago. Steve did with you, but you know, I was watching the Napoli Liverpool game. And sorry, Chris, for mentioning it, but oh, that, was easy, that was an easy game, wasn't it? So, oh, <laughs> so, oh wow, wow, that's a sorry, shot Chris. there, my friend. Sorry, that's cheap, a shot. That's a cheap comment back to you. But you know, I'm trying to say it's not it's not often Fulham dom. You know, this level. Yeah. I'm just put aside the championship, but this level is never an easy game in this yeah. division. You know, no tip. Teams are picking up points from each other. There's no games that are predictable to, yep. to better get to bet, you know. So it's Newcastle, you know, had a poor start to the season. I know we're playing them next, but that's yep. not an easy game. West Ham away, bad nope. start, not an easy game. There's no easy game. To this there division. is no easy game. Leicester City, there are no easy. I don't no. care what position they're in. Bournemouth, there are no easy games. It's just the way it's going to be, and we just have to accept it. And we have to grind these matches out, and hopefully, we have more easier matches than harder matches. But Emilio, just to we've already talked a little bit about how they saw this match out, and, and mm-hmm. I just think that it was impressive how they did this, seeing the match out at the end. Because again, mm-hmm. everything at this point is heading towards Nottingham Forest getting the equalizer, but it just didn't play out that way. And like I said, I I, I named some players. I named Tom Kearney coming on. I thought he did a nice job. Even Dan James coming on with his pace can help out. A little bit, and hopefully we see more of him show us a little bit more as well. But I thought that they did enough, and they deserved this victory, Amelia. That the end of the story here yeah. is: Did Fulham deserve all three points? The answer is absolutely yes. Did Forrest deserve anything from this match? My answer is absolutely not, because no. Fulham deserved all three points, and I, I think you agree with me on that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the margin should have been maybe a couple goals minimum margin, yeah. rather than just one. But from what I heard, I didn't see. I didn't think we were under any pressure. To be honest, I think for, nope. Forrest being at home, no. fans are leaving. I think that's the fans, whole thing. A lot of fans were leaving the ground when they were three-one down, thinking yep. game over. To be honest, so the fact that they managed to, yep. you know, we gave them a cheap goal. To be honest, and yeah, but they still struggled to break us down. You know, Tom they Kearney absolutely you know, did, Amelia. His confidence they absolutely did. Experience. Tom Kearney did a nice job. But uh, but before we do anything, I have to share this because it's going to put a smile on your face. So this is from our friend. So our friend uh, Chris Goodwin really you had to go there about Emilio and Napoli with Liverpool. So you know, just had to throw that in there. Bit of banter, bit of banter there, well, Chris. You know, bit you of, appreciate it. Bit uh... of banter. A couple things before we finish up the show. Man of the match. If you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts on man of the match. It's it's an interesting one, Emilio, because I'm gonna I'm actually gonna give it to Paulinia. I'm I'm personally gonna give it to Paulinia because of what he means to Fulham, not just the goal, just mm-hmm. his presence affects everything that they do. And I'm going to say, Polina, there are plenty of places you can go mm-hmm. on this, but I'm I'm going to say Polina, and right now he's my player of uh, of the season. Let's see what uh, Ralph says. How well will we cope without Polina for Newcastle? Well, we could talk a little bit about that. I I'm, I'm, don't know, to be honest with you. I'm curious to see how they are able to deal with that, but for me, Paulina is so key for everything that Fulham do. Mm. Chris Goodwin says, uh, man of the match, Jao Paulina for a stunning goal. 
Let's see. Yeah. Wayne Walden, Harrison Reed, man of the match. Okay. All right. Well, Harrison Reed can make an argument as well. This is from Dave Cronin. No standout, all played well. Thought William did okay. I thought William did okay as well, yeah. Dave. I think that's encouraging. Definitely yeah, encouraging good. that he played well. And what's crazy about this, Emilio, as we talk about man of the match, and this is more of a team victory, let's go back to what we were talking about at, at the beginning here. Fulham are on 11 points in seven matches. They're currently six. We know other teams haven't played. We know what the situation with that. But if you look at it, they're going to be getting players back. This mm -hmm. isn't the best version of Fulham Football Club. So, I, you know me. You know I'm a positive guy, but it's hard not to be positive right now. It's, it's hard. Yeah, and I think it's obviously left back. We're a little bit exposed. Again, Tim Ream did a good job. And, yeah. you know, Diop protected him. Polina protected him. Let's be clear. I think the, the role that Polina plays not only, you know, offers attacking opportunities there from set piece and just from his stunning shot on, on Friday night but the fact that he's protecting that back four and he's obviously protecting Tim Ream as well so again he's come in with you know with with a lot more strength in that middle of the park you know I know we were all critical when maybe Seri was released but you know <laughs> look who we've got now Seri versus Palini I think nobody will will question the decision at the time uh, really no you know to be <laughs> honest you know but overall you know we're just looking we're looking organized we're looking hungry that comes with confidence as well. So again, as we, if we're picking up points, we're, we're not we're no fool. We're not going to expect Fulham to be winning every single game, but we're picking up points where we where we need to. We're picking up points against the teams that we're expected to get points from. And again, Liverpool is a bonus, but the other games, you know, Brighton, Brentford, and Forest, these are all games of nine points. I think we all wanted nine points from those three, and we've got yep. those nine points from those three games. Newcastle, West Ham, and you know, other games in October, are winnable games. Bournemouth at home, Villa at home. There's another six points there minimum that we need to be grabbing in, in October. Yeah. Potentially I, more. But let's be realistic. There's two home games there. I expect to get six points. And Newcastle and West Ham are you, I've got bonus points. But if you get anything from those two, that's in addition to the six that you should be getting against Villa and Bournemouth. So Emilio, if they're above 20 points out of October, phenomenal shape. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal and it's achievable. Shape. It's achievable. And, you know, and, I, I look at and, the Villa and Bournemouth games as the, the two easier home yep. games. West Ham away, we haven't got a good record, but you know they'll they'll get a they'll turn the corner at some point. And Newcastle, you don't know what team you're going to get. So no. they're, they're very hit to miss. They're not scoring many goals. They're not losing many games. But again, Newcastle, you know they've got a good record at Craven College as well. So it's that's that's a tricky game. I agree. But overall, I'll give my man of the match probably from what I saw extended highlights probably to yeah. Palini and, and Harrison Reed a close second because Harrison Reed worked his socks off. Got a deserved goal, and you know, I think he deserves some credit there. But overall, okay. good team performance. Okay, great there, Amelia. Okay, a couple topics to end the show. Let's start with something very positive. Okay, Luke Harris mm. signs with Fulham. Emilio, with everything that has happened, with I can name the players Ryan Sessignon, Harvey Elliott. We can go to Pat Roberts, obviously, Fabio recently to mm. sign Luke Harris is a major situation for Fulham Football Club. But it also shows you how impressive the academy is. They keep churning out players. You need to be signing them. You're not going to be able to keep all of them, and you might lose them at some point. But this is massive, Emilio, to sign mm -hmm. him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Marcus Silva deserves some credit as well. He's, he, he 
he plays with these young players. Last year with Carvalho, he gave him the opportunity in the championship. And unfortunately, the player thought he wanted to go and play for a bigger club. So that was his decision. But Luke Harris, you know, we've tied him down for three seat for three years. Yep. We'll probably see him figuring on the bench at some point in the next. You know, don't be surprised you'll start to see him figure at some point or be on the bench for performances. But overall, kudos to the to the management team signing for three years, giving him a good extended professional contract. And you're right. The academy brings up a lot of young talent. And I just want to see how we can retain some of this talent. We've, it's hard. Sassignon struggled since he left Fulham, but you know there's there's signs of him at Tottenham. Conte. Okay, something. Chris, you're not having this one too. No, you're I'm not. not. No, you're not having you're this not. one too. Sorry, Chris, you're not having this one too. It's, look, how, you know some of these other younger players. You know, Fulham have got. It's all about if we can retain Premiership status, we can attract a player and keep them signed up. Fabio, yeah. if you were an established Premier League team, I don't think he would have left Liverpool, but left yeah. Fulham to go to Liverpool. But but he wanted to leave and. Fair play to him. You know, that yeah. is your problem now, Chris. And hopefully he does does well for you, except for when he plays against Fulham. But um overall, yeah. kudos to the to the board and to the owners to, to have signed Luke Harris on an extended contract. I'm looking forward to seeing him figuring in some Premier League substitutions later this season. I think he will yeah. you'll see him in some in some games. I think you will. It's funny. I talked to Mike about it on an earlier show, Mike Gregg, and he was basically of the mindset that he didn't want to see him this season just because I think he wanted him to develop as a player, but I think you'll see him off the bench. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he needs to gain some weight. Similar to how Ryan Sessegnon I thought needed mm-hmm. to gain some weight and grow into his body. And then I, I think he'll be a great player. I think Luke Harris has a chance to be as good as any of the players that foam have produced lately. I, I, what I've seen, there's no reason why he cannot, we will see. What ends up happening? But this is a wonderful thing that he signed with him. He said all the right things. If you read the quotes, yeah, he again said all the right things. We'll see what happens in a couple of seasons. But no, Chris, you can't have him. I'm just going to leave you at that. Okay, final topic, my friend, to end the show. We do have to talk about it because again, we're, there. This is going to be an international break, but the big topic is going to be when we come back. Who replaces mm-hmm. Jao Polina, Emilio? Now, this is interesting because there are a couple of different ways you got to go. I was thinking a little bit outside the box on this. I think it could be Harrison Reed, like you said, and then you maybe you bring Tom Kearney in. Maybe that's what you do. You might bring in Chalaba, and I know how people feel mm-hmm. about Chalaba, but I'm going to remind everyone that when Chalaba played against Manchester City in the FA Cup, when Fulham were still in the championship, he actually played very well in that match. And he played in a similar role here. I'm not saying that he's the be-all to end-all, but the, I saw something that I know what he did against Crawley Town. I, I, I understand all that, and I've seen what he's done lately. But it might end up being him. It might, might be Chalba, or it might be the situation that you have. Now, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Emilio, and I mentioned this, and I actually read an article about this from West Ham. I just threw it out there. So you want to get all your best players in there, and you're going to have a suspension to Paulinho, and you're expecting Tim Ream to go back, Emilio, to center back. Would you even consider Issa Diop in a defensive midfielder role? Now, that's outside the box, I know, thinking. But they actually, they had this discussion. West Ham supporters had this discussion about him potentially being a defensive midfielder. 
So I'm I'm not I doubt that they would ever do it, and probably wouldn't be the right thing to do. But just his build, I think maybe he could be that. But again, I don't see that happening. What are your thoughts? Um, still believe it will be Harrison Reed who will come and play. I think that's a, that's the most natural choice. If you want a slightly left left field option, I'll probably say maybe. It will be more Shalaba than Diop, to be honest with you. I think Shalaba yeah. is probably more accustomed to playing. It's not going to be Diop. That's just yeah. me just throwing. Albeit, you know, Shalaba yeah. you know, has got more critics than fans, to be honest. He's, yeah. you know, he's had a few good games at the club, but had a number of nightmare games. And I still think it will be Harrison Reid there. You know, yeah. he'll, that's, that's more, to be honest, that's more his natural position, to be honest. He'll, work, he'll continue to work hard, protect that back four. And as long as he's got some, you know, some other central midfield um, protection there. That's the only thing is well, who comes in for then for reading that attacking. Is it Tom Kearney? I think that's the only option. Do you but then start to maybe play Dan James, maybe have a more attacking offensive lineup and maybe go out and go for gold. Maybe Marcus Silva's view is you know it's it's not free hit, but it's Newcastle are not firing on all cylinders at the moment. You know, they they they're and we're home. you know we're at home, we've got the home advantage there. So be a little bit more bold. So you know you you okay. know, you've got you know, maybe put a little bit more attacking threat there to offset the fact that you, you know, you, you've only got Harrison Reed. I, I wouldn't play Shalaba, but he'll yep. be a, probably second choice to Silva. Be Reed first, and Shalaba worst case scenario coming in. Okay, okay. And some of the comments are Shalaba will step up, Tom Kearney for me. Right. So, and this is from uh, Mike. He says, sadly, going to be Shalaba. I think. I think this is our I, comment from Chris. Yes, Chris, you would say this yeah. is a Liverpool supporter attack is the best form. That's my point. Defense. Exactly. That's my point. And, and I tend to agree with you on that. I'm I'm not against that either, Chris. So no. thank you for sharing all your thoughts. Yeah. And I actually think it's going to be Chalba, but we so, mm. shall see, my friend. But listen, great show. Fantastic mm. show, Amelia. Before we wrap this up, final thoughts from you. Yeah, down of thoughts, you know, great, great full of victory. Um, three points on the board. Um, we've got the re- the break now to maybe pick, you know, obviously Robinson can hopefully recover from injuring, start to get some, um, some gain, you know, get some just recovery under his belt in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's a good opportunity for us to just to rest some of our players and just get them back on track for that Newcastle game. We've got a busy October. I think there's four or five games that month. So, uh that's going to test any squad, let alone Fulham's. So, but overall, very pleased with the victory. Um, Eleven points on the board. We did the Queen proud. Her yep. Majesty Queen with our victory. So, yeah. Like, my final thought is, you know, rest in peace, Your Majesty. Thank you for all your services to this country, to the world. We we will badly miss you, as will the rest of the world. But you know, you are unique, and our club, Fulham Football Club, is very unique. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a common alignment there. But you know. My thoughts are about the Queen, less about the victory of Fulham. So please rest in peace. You're now with your husband in, in safe hands. And, you know, we'll we'll continue to think about you. So um, thank you very much, Your Majesty. And thank you once again, Emilio, for sharing your thoughts. Very well said from the beginning of the show and at the end. And uh, we are thinking of Queen Elizabeth and everyone who is mourning her passing. So thank you very much, Emilio, for sharing that. Yeah. Great show as always, my friend. Great show. I do want to mention before we wrap this up, please do subscribe once again on YouTube. It does help other forum supporters find us. And once again, you'll be hearing us talk a lot about this. Cottage Talk is now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. And we'll see where this takes us. We hope it opens us up to supporters of other clubs and maybe more supporters of Fulham. Who knows? But um, I'm very excited about this partnership and Great show. Fantastic show. I always love doing it with Emilio. 
But it is time to wrap up this episode of Cottage Talk. For Emilio Donnell, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.